Welcome to the Cherry Becker Tax Beat, a conversation about tax that matters. Welcome to this edition of the Cherry Becker Tax Beat podcast. Today's episode is a conversation about new market tax credits. We previously done a podcast from the perspective of the borrower. Today, we're going to change our focus and look at the lenders. So we'll be unpacking acronyms and the seeming complexities around this program. And we're going to have all sorts of fun. So today, joining our conversation is the leader of our new market tax credits practice at our firm, Laurel Tinsley. Hi, thank you for having me. And where are you talking to talking to us from today, Laurel? Well, I theoretically am in Greenville, but I am physically in St. Louis. All right. Um, join, as always, uh, Sarah McGregor. How's it going today, Sarah? It's going great. I am uh, virtually and actually in Greenville, South Carolina oh. today. So, <laughs> yeah, don't let your avatars duke it out in the hallway or anything like that. that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm Brooks Nelson, partner sitting in Richmond, as I normally do. All righty. So I guess we'll just jump on in. A um, little background. The New Market Tax Credit Program has been around for more than 20 years. It has been um, put in the statute as a means to incentivize business investment in economically challenged communities around the country. It's a very popular and successful program. Uh, presumably sometime in this upcoming fall, the Treasury will announce a new round of presumably somewhere around $5 billion in credits to uh, go along with this program. Wards go to 100 plus community organizations that they will then that will then fund private business projects. And I'm sure I messed that up in four or five different ways, Laurel. So anyway, why don't you cover the basics for us? What are new market tax credits? What are CDEs? What are CDFIs? Why is this a great program? Why do we care? Great. Yeah, NMTCs is the friendly term we use for new market tax credits. As you mentioned, it's a program that's been around for about 20 years. The idea behind new market tax credit financing was to provide patient capital within low-income communities to provide that gap filler. Often in low-income communities, their appraisals and other things um, don't support the loan-to-value that's needed. Um, and the rehab costs that are needed to support our building new projects or expanding existing facilities. So we have the wonderful flexible tool of new market tax credits that's there to fill that um, gap in the low income community. CDEs and CDFIs are the two types of organizations that are allowed to seek allocation of tax credits from the CDFI fund. So they wanna make that <laughs> lots of fun for all of us practitioners. CDEs are community development entities. They're certified by the CDFI fund, meaning, meaning that they have at least more than 60% of their activities focused on low-income communities and, and providing funding to those communities. CDFIs are community development financial institutions. They're also certified by the CDFI fund, which is a division of the treasury. And they are more um, aligned with traditional lending. So they often have small loan programs. They have community development lending within a defined service area. So each of the CDEs and CDFIs are to designate a service area, whether it be a city, state, local, regional, or national. And um, then they provide funding within those designated regions that are also um, approved by the CDFI fund. So they 
really are designed to understand what's going on in their service area within their regions, know what is needed, what's missing, and how to best drive that impact and development into the low-income community. So Laurel, you and I were having a conversation about uh, patient capital and, and what that means. Can, can you share a little bit about that? Yes, patient capital in the community development space is really designed to mean capital that is there to help the, with that startup period. Um, when you have a low-income community, it may have a higher uh, rehab cost. There may be a little bit longer time to get stabilized. There may be other factors that are at play within low-income communities that take a little bit more patience. So what we talk about is traditional lending versus patient capital. And so there are all the way back to philanthropy and grant dollars that may be um, provided as donations to a community, all the way to lending, which is just on better, you know, a little bit more flexible terms. So for example, there's not any principal repayment within seven years. So you're not trying to start taking that money back right away from the project. There is a seven year window where we're trying to stabilize the project. There may be additional reserves set up in place so that we really are putting a wrapping our hands around the investment and trying to make sure that they are getting the time they need to take hold in their community and make the change that they're designing to make. Thank you. Um, we just, Brooks mentioned that the Treasury is, will soon, or sometime, uh, we hope soon, make an announcement about a new round of credits to successful applicants. The CDEs and CDFIs have requested credits from Treasury. Um, what are the elements, I mean, they've got to apply. What are the elements that you've got to have into in in a good and well-executed application? Yes, uh, so if you know when they're going to announce, you, you would have to have a crystal ball at this point. Um, people are expecting it any time after perhaps September, which is when they announced last year. So we use the prior year as our benchmark and our guide from uh, going forward, but it's, it's never, that's one of the things about the new market industry is there's a, sort of never the same timing um, year to year. So because the CDFI fund is administering so many different programs. Some of the elements of a successful application for this particular program also are shared by some of the other funding programs of new markets, but I think that they're very specific. And so one of the things that uh, successful CDFIs will sometimes have a difficulty is understanding how the new market tax credit program is different. They may be tracking things from one perspective and then they have to ship their perspective for new markets. So one of the things I always tell people to start with is figure out who you are and where you serve your community. What is your what is your mission, vision? What what's your vision for that change and and sort of like what do you value? And if you value something, I always tell you you must be measuring it. And if you're not measuring it, then you that's an indication that you really aren't valuing that. So those are the things that you sort of have to start with as a foundation. If you really don't know who you are or where you're going, you can just be blown out of the wind and you won't really know when, whether whether you've gotten there <laughs> if you don't know where you're heading. And two, uh, you won't be able to continue with a, such a lengthy application and have a coherent voice. So that's the other part is there's only two sections that are graded by the readers. We, we call them graded because those, those two sections, part one and part two, get you into the um, decision-making seat from the CDFI perspective. So the outside readers read your business strategy and your community outcome section. And if those aren't cohesive and coherent and you don't carry that information through, you won't score high enough for the CDFI fund to even consider you. So uh, that the number of applicants ranges from like 200 off the low end to over 300 applicants each year. 
And the awards are from 70 to 100, depending on the CDFI fund's perspective that year, whether they're giving smaller awards to more CDEs or whether they're giving larger awards to a smaller handful. We never know how many are going to be in that winner's seat. So when you say 70 to 100, you mean 70 million to 100 million? Just no, I mean, 70 applicants are getting an awards, uh, 70 okay. to 100 applicants, and the awards range from anywhere as small as 10 million to, I think, the high end usually is around 70, 75, 80 now. So okay. 80 million is one of the higher um, awards uh, that are received. And, you know, again, some brand new CDEs that go in with a small track record may seek a very small amount of allocation, but the awards very much range and the number of people receiving awards um, varies every year as well. And can we just also clarify, because I might have misspoke earlier, that what's being awarded, the dollars are really what? They are really tax credit allocation authority. So you have the authority as a CDE and a CDFI to allocate those credits to a project. In that process, when you fill out the form and you tell the IRS, hey, we have allocated this project, um, you have an investor that invests in you, receives that tax credit, and then they put that tax credit on their tax return. So it's it's actually a fairly complicated program in that regard, in that the project itself receives the upfront subsidy and the financing. The CDE is the one that goes and gets the award from the CDFI fund, but it's actually the investor at the top that invests through the whole structure that receives the new market tax credit. Um, on their tax return and the way the project gets the money is that they are now the investor through a seven-year um, investment and those dollars stay with the project. So that so with only a third to a half of those applying receiving any awards at all, uh, what have you learned about the previous awards that have, that have come out or, or, or over the last couple of years? Yeah, so I, what I would say is um, there are very there are a lot of paths to success. So what I what I try to steer people away from thinking is, oh, I can see this other organization; they seem to win a lot. Let's be like them. And what I really tell people is, again, go back to your mission, vision, and values. Who you are? How do you serve your community? Because that's how your track record looks. What have you been doing in the community will allow you to make a successful application for what you want to do with new markets in the community in the future. And if you just say, oh, these other people, they're doing a small loan fund. I've never done that before, but all these people are winning. Let me do that. And the answer is, you have to sort of you have to do it first, then show the CDFI fund you've been successful at doing it, then apply. If you just start trying to break off some of your award and you break off too much of uh, a percentage of your ask for allocation, they may say you're not being consistent and you actually lose points by saying I'm going to spend if half of my money on this this new new cool thing that everybody else is doing, but I've never done it before. So I think you need to be very clear about what it is you do in the community how have you worked previously? And then make sure you're lining up those activities. And again, you can change and you can um, have a th one, three, five-year plan that says, I'm going to serve more disadvantaged uh, businesses. I'm going to serve more minority businesses. I'm going to do provide more health care. I'm going to break into early childhood education. And you can set aside some of your dollars and you can start putting them in an intentional use because you found in your service area or your um, your communities that this is something that's lacking. So you can try to move 
in very small and gradual steps towards a new type of service that you want to provide. But the core of what you do must remain consistent with your track record. Otherwise, you lose points on the grading system and the CDFI fund says you're not consistent. And that's uh, one of the things that you're graded on is, can you show you have a track record and your new projects that you're showing you wanna fund, are those consistent? So is it a, is it a chicken and egg kind of approach? Does a, a, a developer or somebody wants to, to to seek the funding come or does the, the organization, the CDE, have its initiative and go out and seek those uh, businesses and developers that are willing to, to act in those communities? That's a really good point. Uh, why do we have the new market program and why are CDs in existence and why aren't uh, borrowers at the bottom sort of generating this work? And the idea is that these organizations are making loans and investments in the community that they have expertise they they have management staff that understands the specific underwriting in low-income communities they have initiatives that they've been employing over a number of years they understand what's going on and they are using this as a tool to build a better, better change in their community and so they are the lenders the the um credit unions of the world the cdfis the small lending groups and even some of the again some of the national banks have a cde arm where they make these types of investments into low-income communities and the idea being that the government is incentivizing another organization to do all that monitoring and tracking and saying, you guys are the experts, you're in the community already, we give you a tool, you put it in your toolbox, and when you find the right opportunity, you use it. So CDEs are supposed to be out into the communities, in the communities they serve, finding projects. But there are projects that are going the other way. There are projects that say, I've heard about new markets, I want to have um, I want to have this in my toolbox. They have to then go through a CDE or a CDFI to ask them to award the allocation to their project. And so what I would tell to those projects, which I, we've done a different podcast on this, you really need to understand how do the CDEs get their money so that you can get their money as well. So if a CDE or a CDFI has said, I want to create jobs, that's my main mission for being, and you go and pitch them about a project that creates no jobs you're not gonna line up to what they've said to the CDFI fund that they're going to do with their money and they should not be able to award you too much money for that project. Now, again, if they, if whatever you've asked to do, they've said is going to be a small part of the new vision they have for, the, for their organization, they may be able to carve out a small amount of their allocation and provide you with funding. But if you're asking for a very small pool of what they're allowed to do, you need to know that. Um, and so there's no one path to success. So there are some CDEs that focus solely on job creation as one of the community outcomes. And um, somebody once proposed that since we have, you know, uh, um, we're having trouble keeping jobs filled and we have, you know, a lot of jobs that are open, why do we still need to incentivize jobs? And what I'll tell you is in the low income communities where people are finding it's still hard to access quality jobs, there's still a need for job creation. And the job creation element of our new market tax credit program is really designed for low income accessible jobs. So jobs without a lot of barriers to entry that have, um, you know, that don't require a college degree or special skills or programming. They may have job ladder training. So they'll take somebody who has maybe a GED and they'll provide them on the job training. So those are the kinds of things that are still very much important in the communities we serve. We still see a lot of unemployment from workers who are having trouble breaking into even those um, 
beginning jobs in offices because they don't have some of the technical skills to um, you know, word processing, even some of those things that where they just need they need some training to get into their job and to be successful on the job. Well, I I just can't imagine any world where we live in where job creation will never be important. You know, I mean, this, that's I don't care where you are. But um, anyway, so obviously there's all this complexity going on. So, Laurel, from your perspective as an advisor, you know, how do you go in and help? Uh, ongoing CDEs or startup CDEs, people who want to get in and uh, get into the business. Uh, what is your role or our firm's role in that? Yes. So part of what we do is we we sort of do an initial assessment. So for organizations that have not applied before, we will look at some of the background of their data, their organization, and help them come up with a plan. So we'd never suggest there are some organizations that will just say, Let's apply and then see where the holes are and then we can work from there. And our theory is that you want to start with a really solid foundation and you want to understand what pieces of the puzzle are already in place and then what is that missing piece. So as I mentioned, there are multiple multiple sections of the application. So some of it is about your products, your track record and your pipeline. So what is your business strategy? What is the service area you're, where are you serving? What kinds of um, businesses have you financed? Some of the questions are about community outcomes. You may have a very strong answer in one of those sections and the other you will find they may be weak, weak in what they've collected. They may need to go back to their borrowers and seek more additional information so that they can line up their track record and be able to show success in going forward with a pipeline they would build. Other organizations uh, also are lacking potentially management capacity or they haven't had a long history of outside capitalization. Those are some of the other sections that aren't graded, but they are very important because the CDFI fund will read those and assess whether the organization is is capable of taking an application, an allocation, and then again, choose the size. So if you have a very strong part one and part two, but your management capacity shows that you have some um, weaknesses or some gaps in your internal ability to monitor this program, then the CDFI fund may either decide not to award you credits or they may decide to award you a very small allocation. Um, so that's what I, where I spend a lot of time doing with, with um applicants before we get into the application process. The other side of the puzzle is applicants who've gotten an award and then maybe for the last couple of years have not been successful. And so that is a different um, set of analysis, but the same sort of questions is what is it that's been the strength? Where were you succeeding and where were you sort of weaker in your answers and what is it you need to do to change? So it's not just a matter of printing something off from the back office and saying, okay, now you're going to do this, go ahead and we're going to be winners. You actually have to employ it. So the CDFI fund looks at track record. They look at your historical practices. They want you to have been underwriting projects. They want you to have been monitoring the impacts of those projects so that you can do that in the future. And if you just tell them, trust us, we're going to do this, they uh, they they say, okay, and when you've got a history of that, come back and apply again. So really, it's a matter of of just looking at where are the holes, and that's usually what happens is for very successful organizations, um, they may not spend as much time 
continuing that growth mindset of continuously thinking about where they need to go. Where is the industry going? How are practices evolving? They may say, I've been doing this for years. I, of course, we, we're, we're, we're one of the best. I, I hear a lot of people say that they're the best at it. They've seen what other people are doing and, and they have no idea why they're not get, being successful. And the answer often is that because they were so successful, they didn't need to think about it. And so now they need to go back and look at where are the holes in either their management section? Where are they not producing the data? Where did they not sort of line up what they wanted to do with what they've historically done? Maybe they made a big shift. Um, so I've heard a lot of people talk about um, wanting to focus on healthcare because of COVID. Well, if you've never financed healthcare and then you put in an application where you had several projects that had healthcare, maybe you went too far in one year and you tried to jump that slow progression process towards serving um, healthcare as one of your um, outcomes that you're you're looking at. So those are the things we often spend time doing, and we can spend over a year with some projects. Part of that is because everybody's running their own their business, right? They're they're doing something already, and new markets is part of their puzzle. So often it is trying to lay a foundation, telling people where they need to fill in, letting them spend the time with their own um, data, understand where they are. Maybe they need to go back and talk to their projects. Maybe they need to. Uh, do some internal training. Maybe they need to um, better understand their own track record, but it's usually a process where you do some digging, you look at what they have, you send them back to uh, do some analysis on their own, and then you come back together and work on that. Um, and that's that's the most successful I've seen. Usually, uh, the organizations that hurry up and just submit an application, I have I've never heard in the industry of anybody winning the first year they've done it, and especially when they haven't been really planful before the first year. Okay, let's get down to kind of the final question. This is a fun one, Laurel. What should organizations be doing now to get ready for the big announcement? What do you tell people to do right now? Yeah, so right now, what I tell people is get the things off your desk that you can get off your desk that are going to give you time during the application season. So it is a mad dash. Usually, if you are a, a repeat um, applicant, if you've gotten an award, you're busy once you get that award with trying to make sure that you're thinking about deployment, you're lining up your investments, and then you have the wonderful news of the new round coming open. So usually within um, a month or two of that award being released, there's the new um, round of applications that are open. So you don't have very much time from the time you know that you have gotten a current award to when you have to write your next application. So then you have, you know, five to six weeks with that application to get it in and submitted. So anything you can do with the management capacity to really get your advisory board updated, get your governing board updates in, um, think about what you have done and changed. Uh, that is one of the great things about um, the great resignation is that Almost all organizations do have change in their management capacity section right now. I haven't seen very many who have the same staff and, and no changes, but those are things that you you can tell, um, you can get updated now instead of waiting until the application is released. Um, the other things you can do are really working on pipeline because that's what I often find is the last piece to a successful application since you have to build a track record of existing investments, and then your pipeline has to be significantly similar to that track record. If you have a pipeline that's too far off in one way or another, you may be impeding your chance of a new win. So that's what you really need to do is buckle down, 
understand what's out there, what you can put in as far as your pipeline, because if you get a pipeline that's that's due at um, all community goods and services, but you you know usually split your portfolio between jobs and community goods and services, what what are you going to do? Are you going to ask for half, <laughs> or are you going to how are you going to realign your your pipeline? And if you wait until later in the fall, which a lot of people don't spend their summer because they you know they don't want to or they or they don't know whether they've gotten an award. Um, if you don't spend your summer pulling together pipeline, it's going to be that much harder to get it together in, in the fall when, when the awards are announced. All righty. All right. Um, well, I think our group is the best, having listened to you <laughs> talk, about, <laughs> talk about all this stuff for sure. Um, so thank you so much, Laurel. Sarah, you have any final observations? And I do. I, I think that was a very key point that uh, there's a lot happening amongst uh, the organizations right now, uh, and they're focusing on what they can do for their communities, uh, what their mission is, and for anyone who would like to benefit from uh, New Markets tax credits for their projects, I think, Laurel, you said, you know, really aligning with what those CDEs uh, have as their missions is is going to make that much more successful fit and yes. a more likely candidate for success. Yeah, if I could say one last thing that I, I know I think I said it already, but I think it's very important because people often say, what do I need to do differently? Can Do I have to have, um, you know, health care? Do I have to have something else? And the thing I would say um, I used to hear the the fiction that you couldn't win just on a community goods and services if you didn't have jobs as part of your outcomes, or if you didn't check multiple outcomes, maybe you weren't going to be as competitive as somebody else. And what I would say is there's room for a lot of people to be successful. That's one of the best things I love about our organization and our organizations in this industry is that we're collaborative. There is room for all of us. We haven't figured out how to end the need for our program. Thankfully, we, there is a lot of work for us to do as a group together, um, learning from each other, building together. And so don't try to just look at what another CDE is doing and copy their success. Uh, make your own way. And, and there's room for you in this industry. And we want to um, we want to get more diversity. We want to get more people doing different things. And I think that that is something that is very welcome in this industry. So that makes me excited to get up and do the work we do. Great. And I would just say my final observation is I think particularly uh, CDEs on, you know, they're on the smaller sides of organizations. They need to focus on what they're good at and bring in people like Laurel and our team at what we're good at. And I mean, I think that's um, you can only be good at so many different things. And clearly there's you know not only a lot of science or a lot of art to put in a good application and being good in this program. All right, so let's, uh, I, I think this is a wrap on today's conversation about new market tax credits. Um, and uh, thank you everybody for listening in. Quick disclaimer that we're not providing tax advice on this podcast. Please con consult with your tax advisor, hopefully at Cherry Beckert, uh, with your specific tax issues or to discuss information from today's podcast. Check out the firm's website at cbh.com for the latest guidance and materials on this and other tax and business topics. Uh, this concludes the podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you, Laurel, for joining us. Uh, thank you, our listeners, for spending your time with us. We truly appreciate it. Let's call it a day and go forth in peace. <laughs>